Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the Jan 23rd edition. I'm happy to finally be back uh, doing this, and I'd like to be more consistent with the audio version going forward. So, the three pieces for today, the first one is about just doing your best. Something I've misunderstood is how the best is not a single point. It changes all the time. So I want to explore the concept of just do your best. The second one is the tweaked format for the quotes. I have two quotes and a thought from me about how we can look at the past and learn rather than use it, use it as a, I don't know, form of self-flagellation. And the last one, I'd like to dig into conditioning and stamina and provide you with a, well, a different way to look at what the heck stamina means. All right. Why don't we start with just do your best. Good days and bad days. At the gym, some days you just want to rip the weight off the floor and do crazy shit with it. Now the bell just flies up. You feel invincible. On these days, pressing, say, half your body weight requires minimal warm-up. And personally, I don't need to amp myself up or slap my face or any such thing. I just need a few moments of focus, bare minimum warm-up, a little bit of neck nods and rolling and all that, and I'm ready to press it up. And then there are days when even the 24 feels, oh boy, so heavy. No, I feel sluggish, dragging my feet a little. The warm-up is slower, heart rate is going up more than uh, usual. I need a significant amount of mobilization work. And only then do I feel reasonably greased. But I still can't press the 32. Now, what's the controllable here? Because you can't control this. You can't control with precision every day. There are just way too many days with their own stories and intricacies and uncontrollables and, you know, beers and cakes and work stress and assholes and all of it. But what we all control is showing up to the gym. So let's do that, right? Let's show up to the gym. Check. And what you control once you're there at the gym is doing your best. Not just, ah, I'm at the gym, uh, not lounging in the corner, not checking your phone half the time, mentally checked out, half-assed reps, working yourself out with shitty technique. Now, you can still control doing your best. Now, this is what I got wrong. Doing your best is not equal 
to the best ever. This is me confusing pressing the 32 kg as my best and assuming every time I don't press the 24, rather, sorry, every time I don't press that 32 as a subpar day. Once again, hitting a peak is not your best. Hitting a peak is your best on a really good day. But you can't expect to hit a peak on a bad day, on a day when you have not slept well or not eaten well or... I know there's a bunch of things to take care of at home and you barely got enough time to come to the gym. Do your best for that day. It might mean setting a personal record or it might mean working with half the weights you normally work with or it might mean skipping the weights altogether and going on a walk or doing Surya Maskaram only, your best is not about quantity. Your best is not about output. In fact, your best on a shitty day might not even be high on quality. Some days your body just takes over. You're graceful. You're just kicking ass. And some days... Feels like you have three left feet and one hand, right? Well, what do you do? Simple. You do your best. Now, this doesn't mean shitty reps. Your best, even though it might be low quality than your bestest best, you're still disciplined to be present and lifting to the best of your abilities for that day. And remember, your best definitely means showing up. Your best also means you're non-judgmental about your best on a great day, on a shitty day. Of course, you should celebrate the good things, but stop critiquing. Instead, just watch, learn, and chalk it down as a lesson for another day. Now, This is a lesson I've learned the hard way. Previously, my attitude would be to beat myself up for not replicating the best technique that I have done on a great day. And I'd be like, well, this is an average rep. You could have done this better. You could have done that better. Blah, 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 blah. Or blaming it on, oh, shouldn't have had that alba last night. Whatever. And I'd also look at everything as a fraction of my bestest day in terms of quantity, in terms of intensity, in terms of quality. And of course, it's going to be lesser than the best performance I can ever put, right? Because that's a one-time thing probably, or let's say that comes across five times a year. So the other 200 odd days that I train I am beating myself up, which is just stupid. Instead, 
each day has its best and it is important to acknowledge it is nowhere going to be close to your bestest best they are very different i seem to learn lessons at the gym slightly faster let's call it a year and what i've been working on is figuring out how to take it to the rest of the day now this seems to take more some days are low energy days some days the grumpy goose is out some days you know the sun is shining and it feels like you can do no wrong well both days just do your best instead of trying to define your best for the day as the best ever do your best for that day in that context in those constraints instead of being judgmental and annoyed at yourself drop it it's not about output it's not about a pr it's not about a personal record but every day you can hit your best for that day what i've realized it's an attitude just do your best for today tomorrow another day i've learned that looking at going to the gym as a recharge rather than a workout has helped with this now these are all things i struggle with constantly but i try to do my best that's the first piece here is the thought from me for this week i'm going to omit the quotes you can check them out on the post if you'd like being lost in the past versus introspecting the past with your foot firmly in the present our memories our regrets our stumbles the stupid things we said that we wish we could shove back into our mouths ah oh, they keep replaying in our heads randomly suddenly you know the movie just starts playing pops out of nowhere and leaves you feeling like shit leaves you feeling like shit the first time the 50th time the 500th time and the worst part is there's absolutely zero learning or growing from this experience just a pile of heaping shit but something magical seems to happen when we don't get lost in them when we instead stay firmly rooted in the present the perspective changes you're not interested in self flagellation you're not interested in blame or excuses instead you're learning with this new perspective you're able to see what you did why you did why others did what they did or whatever right and it feels good there's something positive that emerges from that negative experience and maybe eventually with enough reps we can get rid of that bad film and replace it with something prettier i think anyway that's my thought the final one Let's talk about stamina and conditioning and endurance 
strength is simple can you lift this much is your body capable of producing this much force to move the largest possible load power is an expression of strength conditioning is asking the question of whether you can meet the energy demands of a certain activity all activities need fuel can you meet the energy demands of that activity that's it the activities can range from lifting a real heavy weight from running 100 meters as fast as you can to say running a marathon now of course you can stretch this in depth in scope you know you can run 100k whatever but you see what i mean now sports have different energy demands cricket football badminton boxing walking swimming all of them built on similar structures but different requirements and demands now i'm not going to go too deep and theoretical about this but let's look at two traditional forms of training we do interval training and steady state training i'm going to use cricket as an example because even if you hate cricket you should know what i'm referring to here now while batting you know you need to be balanced you're steady you're mentally focused because you got to be watching the ball and when the bowler releases it you have to executor stroke you're trying to hit a powerful shot yeah you know think of it as an explosion like a kettlebell swing the timing has to be perfect your reaction has to be perfect that's an energy demand right you are producing that shot and then there is the requirement to sprint between the wickets or if we look at it from the bowler let's assume a fast bowler you're sprinting 20 to 30 meters and you're jumping and then you slingshot the ball and you do that once you get about 30 seconds off as you you know the ball is played and then you walk back to your uh starting point again and you have to do this at least six times that's an interval right release one ball rest a bit and do that again and again and again now when we look at running and just running let's say we're talking about running a 5k the energy demands are more steady state you're running at a near constant rate you need to not you know peak and recover peak and recover but you're constantly figuring out how output and input are balanced so in an interval you have a higher intense output which requires you to recover for a bit and you repeat that that's an interval think of it like a mountain followed by a valley a peak and a trough so you can pay you are capable of producing that peak again steady state is just a flat line more or less now, how long is the work how long is the rest that's what 
determines intervals. Generally, the more max effort, the longer you need to rest. Say a 100 meter sprint will take a lot out of you if you are truly going at 100%. Now, most of this comes down to production, utilization, input, output, and the supply itself. Let's take a car. The car is going to go from point A to point B. What factors does that depend on? Well, first, what's the size of the engine? How much power is it capable of producing? Second, what's the size of the fuel tank? How many liters of fuel does it hold? Third, what's the fuel efficiency? Does it give you, you know, five kilometers a liter or you know, 25 kilometers a liter? Fourth, how good is the onboard computer? Software does play a big role, right? Like what's the timing of the spark plug? How efficient is the gear shifting? How efficient is you know, the power distributed across the wheels and all of those zillion things that the computer takes care of? Five, how good are the individual parts themselves? Are the tires good? Are the gears well-oiled? Are they, you know, is anything leaking? Blah, blah, blah. All of these are factors in your conditioning. Size of the engine, essentially, the bigger the engine, the more power it can produce. That's your strength. It does not mean you want the biggest possible engine. You need to figure out what the right engine size is for you. Do you want to be able to squat 50 kilos? Do you want to squat 100 kilos? Or is a 10 kilo squat enough? Now, remember, size of the engine is not the only factor, right? So we're going to look at all five factors, and you're going to figure out what and where you want to be along these factors for your activity of choice. Now, the second, the fuel tank. Well, the fuel of the body is something called ATP. Okay, let's not get into it. But just like a car needs petrol or diesel or whatever, your body needs ATP. We don't really run out of fuel, okay? But let's just assume we do. Say you're walking up 50 flights of stairs. Okay, after a while, you know, your legs start to burn. Then your breathing gets a little erratic. And then you pause. You want to rest. It's kind of like the engine has overheated and needs to cool down. Your energy demand, the demand to walk up those flights of stairs has exceeded the supply, how much your body is able to create internally. And this has caused some burning, some overheating, some blah, blahs. So you stop and rest. Right? That's about it. This is also loosely similar to why you cannot keep sprinting forever. 
You can sprint 100 meters, but you can't sprint 1,000 meters at the same pace as you can for 100 meters. Now, that has to go into energy systems and all that, and I'm not going to. So how do you improve the size of your fuel tank? Well, you do these activities. Let's say you drain 80%, 90% of your fuel. And again, you can't go that close, but it doesn't matter. Your body gets better at, oh, this guy seems to be using the fuel. I better add more reserve. So as you lift more weights and the size of the engine grows, you keep pushing borderlines of your fuel tank with your activity and your fuel tank grows. The third factor, fuel efficiency. How far can the car travel with the least possible fuel? How gracefully you move, how efficient your heart rate is, and how good your energy systems are, and in particular, your aerobic system, are all factors for fuel efficiency. The more graceful, the more efficient, and the less energy you waste in a movement. Right? Similar to, let's say, the RPM in your car. The higher the RPM, the higher the heart rate, the higher the output, the less efficient you're going to be. Now, your aerobic system is one of the three energy systems. And I want to dig a little more into it because it's one most of us are familiar with. Now, this simply aerobic simply means in the presence of oxygen. So this system keeps creating new fuel with its own processes. That is, it. as you do work, you burn the fuel. And this keeps replenishing that supply. So think about walking, right? You keep walking for a significant amount of time without feeling tired. Well, that's because there, supply is always greater than or equal to demand. But when you sprint, somehow your speed slows down because there, demand exceeds supply or rate of supply or rate of replenishment. So you stop and you wait, and then the fuel tank fills up. If you've seen the Fast and the Furious movies, it's, think of it like the NOS there, right? You sprint 400 meters, and then your body takes 10 minutes to replace the NOS. Sure, that helps you think better about it. The computer is your brain. The software, it's not all just hardware. How good the software works with the hardware can always be improved. And this is just by you paying attention, focusing. Now, focus learning and application. You've done this in so many skills. It's the same thing with this, whatever the activity is. And finally, the parts themselves, right? Spare parts require care. If you have a rusted gasket, whatever a gasket is, things go south. If you have a leaky cylinder or a fuel tank, well, you know what I mean. You can see how issues crop up. If you have a puncture, things are not going to go well. Similarly, if you have an injury on one leg, 
you know, your left glute doesn't fire or your pillar slash core is not as stable. Well, just like a rusty gear or chain or whatever, things will eventually go south. So how do we improve our conditioning? Now, once again, the disclaimer. We can get very theoretical about this. And as we go higher levels, that's the right way to go. There are multiple protocols to improve our aerobic system, our lactic system, and uh, our alactic system. But let's not get bogged down by those. Simple. One, you get stronger. Increase the size of the engine to find your Goldilocks zone. What is strong enough for you and your goals? Number two, intervals and steady state training. You're probably doing them, but play around with them a little bit more. Intervals allow for near infinite possibilities. For example, you can do 10 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest for a few rounds, but you can do 10 seconds of work followed by 60 seconds of rest. Like a sprint, for example, at 80% requires 60% of rest because you want to produce the same quality of effort every time. It's not about getting exhausted. It's not about draining the fuel tank and grinding the gears and get, you know, wearing the tires down or anything. The car at the end of the trip has to look and feel about the same. Your body needs to be feeling strong when you finish. So 10 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest, to 10 seconds of work, you know, two minutes of rest sometimes. Or the other way around, three minutes of work and 60 seconds of rest to three minutes of work to 10 minutes of rest. What you do between all of these, completely dependent on you. You can do kettlebell swings, you can do sprints, you can do a run walk. Now, so many of these, depending on how much output, the rate of output, the power you're putting in, things will change. And you cannot sprint for three minutes, but you can run fast for three minutes. But you might probably need more than 90 seconds of rest after that. Right? So, play around with intervals this way. Focus on quality. And of course, steady state training. Say 15 minutes of running is a good place to start. Most people do upwards of that, but even something like Surya Namaskaram can be thought of as kind of in between intervals and steady state. Do Surya Namaskaram for 60 seconds, take 30 seconds off, and your eventual goal can be, hey, can I do 5 minutes of Surya Namaskaram continuously and then rest a little. And then can I do even up to 30 minutes of Surya Namaskaram continuously? Finding that right pace, just like how you're going to find the right pace to run without stopping for 30 minutes, which is going to be slower than your five-minute run. You can figure this out for a lot of your activities. A third thing you can do is to work on your breathing. In fact, breathing through your nose while doing steady-state training is a brilliant technique. For figuring out when to rest. Now this gets into intervals again. If you can't go based on feel, 
use a heart rate monitor. Do an interval, right? Let's say 30 kettlebell swings or swings and push-ups and blah, blahs or a sprint or a 400-meter run. But when do you do that again? Like how long is the rest interval? Well, wait until your heart rate comes to about 120 or 130 beats. Or if you don't have a heart rate monitor or you don't want to be bogged down by these things, use something called a talk test. Speak out a loud sentence, say 10 to 20 words. And when you can say it normally, say like this sentence, I just spoke without gasping or ah, bah, 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 holding your breath or whatever, right? You're recovered. You passed the talk test. You're ready to go. And finally, work on your mobility and flexibility. Be pain-free. Joints moving well, no compensations. These are all much harder than you think. Yoga is a good start. It's hard. They say, finally, you still have to focus on the computer, right? That's just mindful training. Listen to your body. Don't go overboard. Just do your best. Focus on form and technique. And the software improves. And it is also important to take some benchmarks. Your resting heart rate is a great benchmark. Measure it for the next seven days. Keep the average. Do this every month. Or if you have a wearable, your wearable is already calculating this for you. A 10-minute run is another good benchmark. Measure the distance. And again, if you have a heart rate monitor, you can look at your peak, your average, as well in addition to the distance. And finally, a benchmark based on your activity of choice. I'll use a fast bowler. Six to eight repeated sprints is a great benchmark. I'm going to have you sprint 30 meters or I'm going to have you sprint 30 meters and bowl a ball and then have you rest 30 to 60 seconds depending and we can do this by observing a match and I'm going to have you do this eight times and we can measure your average and peak heart rate. We can measure the speed and accuracy of the balls for each of these balls you're bowling. And all of these become useful benchmarks. Now the point of a benchmark is, is the work I'm doing showing adaptations, showing results. So the resting heart rate and the 10 minute run are a good place to start. And a third benchmark that is more attuned for you. Say we use the uh, Dan John's Humane Burpee, uh, which is about 100 swings, 50 squats, and push-ups for time. But there are a bunch of them. You figure this out. Anyhow, this is not a meant to be a perfect technical post. I've taken a lot of liberties and glossed over 90% of the technicalities. But I hope this enlarged your thinking about cardio and stamina and conditioning and all of it. Yeah, I think slightly better mental models than 100% accurate theory goes a long way to inform us about our training. But if I confuse you or if you have more questions and you'd like me to clarify, do write to me. I'd be happy to answer and clarify things.
And that's that for this week, folks. I'll see you next Sunday. Chill until then. Bye. This is Coach AA signing off.